0: listening to Northwest Chinese Baptist Church Podcast. To learn more about Northwest, including our gathering time, visit us at nwcbc.org. Today's speaker will be Pastor Stephen Yi. Oh, did somebody cheer? Yeah. yeah, all right. Good morning. Good morning, Northwest family. Oh, uh, I am so glad to be here with all of you. I am glad to be back. Some of you have no idea why I just said that, but I was out of town for a little bit, uh, attending and participating in the Southern Baptist Convention annual meeting. And I know you guys want to hear all about it, uh, but I'm not going to share it with you today. So you're going to have to come back um, at another time. But I'm so glad to be back, and... Just to share a little bit, this past week, I had the privilege, along with my wife Debbie and Pastor Michael and his wife Sue Ting, we attended and participated in the SBC annual meeting. There were over 19,000 guests and participants from Southern Baptist churches all throughout the country, and over 12,000 of those uh, participants actually participated in the business (laughs) that went on. There, Uh, that means you were able to vote during the meeting. Uh, And there were some very important discussions that were had, some very important decisions that were made. Um, But overall, uh, I share this with you. Every time that I've participated in our annual meeting of the Southern Baptist Convention, I don't, you know, despite what's promoted on the news, I come away every year with an excitement and an encouragement. And I give thanks to God for the way that Southern Baptists all throughout the world cooperate for the proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ and for the making of disciples of all nations. And so I just wanted to share that with you, and I wanted to say thank you for your prayers. Thank you for uh, your support. And um, and yeah, I'll, I'll share about more. Uh, from what happened this past week at a later time. But uh, Secondly, I want to say Happy Father's Day. Yeah, some of you can cheer for your father, uh, but uh, Happy Father's Day to all you fathers. Uh, I want to say that I thank God for each one of you. Um, I don't think it's easy to be a father. I don't know about all of you, but um, I'm thankful for each one of you, and and I I pray for you. And and yet at the same time, I know that it's at times like these. We all know Father's Day is a made-up holiday because Father's Day is every day, right? Uh, But uh, we know that there's times like these, right, that are also not happy days for people, for some people. And so if if that's you today, I want you to know that uh, I acknowledge you, I love you, we love you, uh, God loves you, and um, no matter what situation you find yourself in or what kind of relationship you have or don't have with our earthly father, kind of like what Morgan shared with us, I pray that each of us are reminded of the perfect heavenly father that we have. And so that's my prayer for each of us today on this Father's Day and to know that we have hope and our only hope is Jesus. And, uh, and so would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, God, we praise you. God, we praise you because you are God Almighty. You created everything. You created the heavens and the earth. And God, you created each one of us. And God, I thank you for this wonderful day that we can gather together. By your grace, you've given us a new day to worship you, to praise your name because you are worthy to be praised. And so God, I give you thanks. I thank you for allowing us to be here. Thank you, God, for your word. That as we gather, we can worship you in spirit and in truth because you have given us your word, your revelation to us about you, about who you are, about what you've done, about your son Jesus Christ, about your will, your plan. And so God, I thank you for that. And God, I pray for those that today as as the United States recognizes fathers, I pray for those who may be hurting today because of the father that is there, or the father that has not been there. And God, I lift my dear friends, my brothers and sisters up to you. And God, I pray that any hurt that we experience in this life, and especially those that have been hurt by our fathers, God, I pray that ultimately they would know and have hope in the fact that you are not like fathers that hurt us. You are not like fathers who are absent or neglect. But God, you are the perfectly loving Father who loves us perfectly, even though we'll never be able to fathom what that actually means. But yeah, God, I pray for my friends that they would find encouragement by looking to you, by looking to your promises, to know that, God, you never change. And that you are good all the time. And so, God, I pray that this morning you would help us to be still. Help us to look to you today as we study your word. Help us to hear from you today, God, as you speak to us. Most likely not audibly, God, but as we look to your scriptures, as we we study your word, God. May your Holy Spirit guide us and lead us and equip us. And encourage us and mold us and make us, God, to be more like you. May you lead us to take that next step of faith that you're leading us to take, that you've planned for us to take. And so, God, I, I ask for your help and I thank you for today. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. We're continuing this, our series, We're taking a break from the study of the Gospel of Mark. We're going to get back to it in a few weeks But we continue our series about talking about stuff that matters. Talk about stuff that matters with your kids. And again, this is an encouragement for all of us, dear brothers and sisters. Whether you have children or not. Because these are also truths that we need to encourage one another with. And we also need to take these to heart ourselves individually and think about, how am I doing? How is my heart? Am I following God? And what he's called me to do and commanded for me to do. And today we're talking about one of the most important topics that we could possibly address. And that's the topic of our faith. That's the topic of building a foundation of faith. And what do we mean when we talk about building a foundation of faith? I'm talking about... Are you growing in your relationship with Jesus Christ? Are you growing in your faith? And if you say, yes, Pastor Steve, I'm growing tremendously, then I ask you how specifically are you growing in your relationship with Jesus? And can you share with me? Can you help me and share with me what you do and habits that you incorporate in your life that help you to know and to love and to live out God's word? Would you share it with me? That's what we're talking about today. Growing in your relationship and faith in Jesus Christ, living out your faith. And why why is this so important? Because if we don't have faith in Jesus, if we don't have faith in Jesus Christ, right? The one and and only true living God, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, if we don't have faith in him... And if we're not living our faith out, if it's not evident in how we live and in our values and in our priorities, then we are not going to be able to help the next generation. We are not going to be able to lead our children to have a firm foundation of faith in Jesus Christ if we don't have faith, if we don't have a firm foundation. You see, living out our faith is always filled with challenges, isn't it? How many of you are facing challenges today? Do you admit it? I'm admitting it twice. How many of us, all of us, face challenges of all different kinds? What about our children? Our children are growing up today in a world that faces so many different Challenges and pressures from a culture that seems to become more secular and worldly day by day. A world that is increasingly becoming more and more difficult and hostile to the things of God. A world where the lines of biblical truth are blurred and confused or even rejected. Some people, a lot of people in our world today say there's no truth. And you make up your own truth. Morality is being defined by individuals instead of being defined by God, the creator. Right? We all know. We all know that our world is broken. Our world is broken because of sin. And it is my prayer, dear friends, dear church. It's so beautiful to hear children. And, and no, dear brother and sister, don't take them out. Because, unless you want to, but it's a reminder to us of how wonderful an opportunity that we have given to us by God to experience life here on this earth, right? It's my prayer that Northwest, this local body, would be a church, a church family composed of individuals committed to to helping ourselves and our children to run the race well, to to live this life that God has given us to the fullest. And that means living a life of service to our Lord, knowing that life is short, and yet God has created us for eternity. And so while we're here, we need to know and never forget that we have we have a mission to accomplish. We're not just here to live it up and enjoy all the comforts and conveniences of this world. That's really actually not our, the purpose for our lives. The purpose that God created us for is, right, is to know and to love and to enjoy Him, to find our satisfaction in Him, to see and to know that He is the greatest thing and the greatest one that we could ever know and be with and ever have. How is it that we're going to teach our children to have this faith and to to have God too? We must be committed to following Jesus and building a foundation of faith. You see, when you think back in history, God's very own people, the Israelites, right? Over 2,000 years ago, they know suffering just as many of you today have been through suffering. They knew suffering full well. Suffering because of their own sin, their own rejection of God, their own disobedience to God, turning away from God, being forgiven by God, God showing mercy and grace to them and saying, I'm going to restore you and I love you and I'm going to bring a, be, you guys are going to be a blessing to the whole world because I make this covenant with you and I'm not going to break my covenant even though you guys break the covenant that I made, that you've made with me. God says, what? I'm faithful and I love you. and I'm going to carry out my plan and fulfill my covenant with you. See, the nation of Israel knew suffering full well. They suffered because of their sin. They suffered through oppression. They suffered through slavery. They suffered through displacement. They suffered through war. And yet here we see in Isaiah chapter 7 verse 9, and if you look in your outline, you see just that short excerpt from Isaiah 7 9. But you find that, we find this verse in the middle of Israel's suffering and threatened by war and threatened by other worldly powers. And yet God chooses to tell them this, in the middle of their brokenness, in the middle of their suffering, through the prophet Isaiah, what does he say? If you do not stand firm in your faith, Israel, you will not stand at all. See, to stand firm. First, each of us need to to build a resilient foundation of faith in Jesus Christ. And then, as we are standing firm upon the solid rock of Jesus Christ, upon his truths, upon his promises, as we are standing as individuals, then and only then can we help others to know and to love Jesus and build a foundation of their own. And see... I want to share with you as we think about how to build a firm foundation of faith. I want to share with you four ways, four ways to build a foundation of faith. And the first one is this. We need to be a people and we need to focus in on and grow in clarifying and exemplifying what it means to follow Jesus. You can look at your outline. Please take notes if you like. Write on it, draw on it, whatever helps you to focus in on what God is saying to you this morning. Not what I am saying, but I pray that you're constantly praying. Part of my responsibility, right, as a pastor, is to care for each one of you spiritually. And I pray that as you are here on Sunday, as you are opening up the scriptures for yourselves and looking at them and pondering them and meditating on them, I also encourage you to pray. Pray constantly and unceasingly. Pray right now as I'm talking and as you're looking at the Word of God. Ask God, God, open my heart. Open my mind and my eyes. God, help me to hear what it is that you are trying to teach me today. See, we need to be and grow as active learners and participants in worshiping God on a Sunday. We do not sit here as mindless zombies. Staring at a screen and lights. Waiting to be entertained. Or else I would write a script for you every week. And at this point, you should say, ooh. Ah, no. I pray, pray. God, what is it that you want me to learn today? If you do not stand firm in your faith, you will not stand at all. We need to grow to... as as people that clarify and exemplify what it means to follow Jesus. And we need to know that for ourselves. Are you certain in what, who God is and what he's done for you? Are you certain in who Jesus is and what he's done for you on the cross? Do you know that you need him? Do you believe that you need him? Do you believe that he's your savior? Do you believe that he's your Lord? And that means he's your master. And are you willing to follow him? You see, there's crowds and witnesses all around, and especially our children that are looking and watching and looking at our example. Oh, Steve, Pastor Steve, look at Pastor Steve. What does he do? How does he respond when I just stare at my phone during the whole sermon? How does he respond? How does he look at me when he says hi to me and I just mumble and walk past him? See, they're looking and watching. What? When Pastor Steve preaches about all these things, but what does he do from Monday to Saturday? He just travels to New Orleans and goes places on vacation. And then he comes and just reads from God's word and leaves. Brothers and sisters, we need to clarify and exemplify what it means to follow Jesus. We need to get clear on what it means to be a Christian. Because here's the thing. If we don't know, then that's what we're going to communicate. If we don't know who God is, then that's what we're going to communicate to our children and to the people around us. Because if we have undefined beliefs, undefined beliefs are almost impossible to hold on to. If we want our kids to hold on to their faith and stand firm upon Jesus Christ, then we need to define and we need to know him. We need to know his word so that we can share his word and teach his word to them. Without a clear understanding of what it means to be a Christian in this world, it's tough to stand firm. And so what is a Christian? Sometimes I take this for granted. What is a Christian? A Christian is, in its most basic sense, a follower of Jesus Christ. But here's a, a, a little definition. A Christian is someone who decided to follow Jesus Christ for all of their life and in every area of their life. I didn't say Perfectly. Because yes, you can be not perfect and be a Christian, because none of us are perfect. Look at what Jesus says here in Matthew chapter four verse 19. Jesus said, "Come, follow me." Jesus said, "Come, follow me." And yes, he was talking to the disciples. Trusting and following Jesus is a choice that leads to change. And if you think about it, have you ever ever thought about why? Why would anyone possibly want to follow Jesus? Because, you know, we preach it, and I tell you all the time, just, just encourage people, follow Jesus, right? Share your faith. Come, follow Jesus. Share this Bible verse. Come, follow Jesus. But have you ever answered the question, why would anyone want to follow Jesus in the first place? Because God, by His grace... Have you ever thought about what, what, is, what is necessary for someone to actually come to faith in Jesus Christ? I think they have to come to an understanding. They need to come to an understanding to know who he is. Because only when you know who God is, then you're going to want to trust him, right? Think about what happens when someone puts their faith in Christ. That's why I'm blown away whenever anyone shares with me that they want to put their trust in Jesus, that they want to follow Jesus, that they want to follow Jesus in water baptism and be obedient to Christ. Or when they share with me, Pastor Steve, I, I want to just serve the Lord with everything that he's given me. I'm blown away because I know that it's a supernatural work of God when someone comes to faith in Jesus. Because what does God have to do God, by his grace, he opens people's eyes. He saves them from spiritual blindness. He opens their hearts. He softens our hardened hearts, right? And he makes us receptive to the reality of his word and who he is. Did you know that? It's not by circumstances or happenstance or coincidence that you came to know Jesus. It's because God loved you and he chose you. And he planned for you. Did you know the reason that you're here is not by coincidence? You're not sitting here because you just decided, oh, I'm just going to check it out. You came here because God called you to be here. You're hearing God's word because God wants to speak to you today. And see, God, by his grace, He, he helped us to open our eyes to the reality of our need and our sin, and how sin separates us from him, and how sin destroys and divides and leads us to eternal suffering. And yet God in his love, right, sent his one and only son Jesus to die on the cross to pay the ultimate price for our sins and your sins. And he didn't stay in the grave, but he rose from the dead. See, God is working at all times and he's done all of this for you and for me. And it doesn't just happen. God loves you and he planned for you and he wants you to know him and love him. He wants you to be saved. Why did Jesus come? Did he come to condemn the world? No, John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. But what's verse 17? For he did not come to condemn, but he came to what? To save. But how will our children know this about God if we don't teach them? They won't. How will the person next to you know about God? Unless you share it with them. How will people know how great God is? If I live day by day and you ask me how I'm doing, uh, it's pretty boring. I just went to work, went to the office, saw Pastor Michael. It's great to see Virginia at work, but it's just the same old, you know. What does that say about our God? We need to clarify and exemplify what it means to follow Jesus. Yet I know it's a challenge and there's a tension. Being a Christian, it means that we're being called to be different. We're called to be set apart and live differently than the rest of this broken world. Look at Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. You can go to the next slide. Yeah, thanks, thanks. You see, God tells us, don't copy the ways of this broken world. And yet, how often are we looking on social media, craving to see what the world is doing? It's the tension that we live in, isn't it? It's the challenge that we face. It is so tempting. I want to know, and I want to keep up with the Kardashians. I want to know what everyone's saying about that political candidate. Because I care about everything that's going on in the world. And I want to know which side I'm going to be on. And I want to know that everyone, I'm with the the majority. It's a tension that we live in. It's a challenge that we face. It's a temptation that is before us. But here's the thing. When you try to copy the behaviors and the customs of this world, when we try, when we make it our highest priority in life just to fit in and to be liked by everybody, When you try to look and act and talk and be like the rest of the world that is separated from God and you call yourself a follower of Jesus, a believer, a Christian, you call yourself the disciple of Jesus, here's what happens. It confuses the people around us. It gives. We are not representing God When we say that we follow him, yet with our lives, we do not follow him. You know, one church uh, took a survey. uh, 50 families, and within those 50 families, they they surveyed 75 children. Kids, students. Not super little children, but like like teenagers. Uh, One student said this. Well, they asked the question, what are, what are the challenges you face to live, out your, uh, to live out a life of faith? What are the challenges you face in living a life of faith in Jesus Christ? One student said this, it's difficult to walk your own path with, with Jesus when you see so many other Christians acting a certain way, whether it's good or bad. It can be tempting to follow them because they are on your team but it's always good to remember that your relationship with Jesus is not predicated on anyone else's behavior. A student wrote that. Another student said this. I want you to know that I'm not perfect. So I'm not saying this out of a place of feeling like I'm perfect. But when people are calling themselves believers but are not truly representing who Jesus really is, They're wearing the Christian t-shirt, but they're living a double life on social media and with their friends. It makes it hard for the rest of us, trying to follow Jesus and represent him well. A student wrote that. Brothers and sisters, dear friends, I want you to know that if you're here, and if you've been hurt by the church, If you are here and you've been deeply hurt by another believer, another brother or sister in Christ, and you've thought about, maybe you've entertained thoughts of giving up or leaving the church or walking away from God, I want you to know that I I get it. I felt that way myself. I'm tempted at various times to feel this way. I've been hurt. By people in the church, I get frustrated. I've been annoyed. And I understand. I don't know exactly what you're going through, but I want you to know that you're not alone. But I want you to know that God says, don't give up, He's worth it. He knows what you're going through, He knows what you're feeling. Better than you even know what you're feeling. So don't give up on him. Don't give up on the church. Because he hasn't. And he hasn't given up on you. We're not perfect people. And so that means, what does that mean for the church? We're not a perfect church. And we never will be. Until we see Jesus face to face. We bicker. We fight. We sleep when we hear God's word. They didn't hear that right now. (laughs) The church is full of messed up and broken people. Like all of you. I'm just kidding. Like me. Like me. But when we put our faith in Jesus, we can be sure that our sins have been forgiven. We can be sure that we've been made new. You can be sure that the Holy Spirit of God is in you, working and moving to change you from the inside out. equipping you empowering you to do all the things that he planned for you to do don't give up don't settle for sin don't settle for the garbage of the world look at second corinthians chapter 5 verse 20 we are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though god were making his appeal through us we implore you on Christ's behalf be reconciled to god we are Christ's ambassadors what's an ambassador An ambassador is an official representative to a foreign country. You represent your country to another country, right? And so wherever you go as an ambassador, you take your people and your country and your culture and all your values and all your priorities, you take it with you and you represent it to the other country. I hope I'm defining that correctly. But you see, God calls us and created us to be his ambassadors. What kind of an ambassador are you? I, I, I challenge you, church, because I challenge myself. And when I read things like this, I can't unread it. You're created to be an ambassador of Jesus. Do you live like an ambassador for Jesus? And this the point is not to feel guilty. But the point is if we see a disconnect, if we see a difference here between the word of God and his commands and the life that I'm living then today's the day for us to acknowledge our sin and to turn back to God. Not to feel condemned and judged and guilty, but may those feelings point you back to Jesus Christ and to know that he's forgiven you and to know that he calls you to so much more. As Christians, we're ambassadors of Christ's kingdom, the kingdom of God. So when we're having these conversations with our children when we talk to them on a daily basis, and some of us need to work on that, just talking to our kids, period, on a daily basis. As we're having conversations, I pray that they are hearing about God. They are hearing God's Word. They are hearing about how you are wrestling with God's truth and trying to live them out in this broken world and through the struggles and through the pain. We, don't, we are not called to put on a fake mask And present that to our children every day. And in the midst of our struggle and in the midst of our question, just put on a mask and say, Everything's great, son. Just trust the Lord, even though I'm dying inside. We need to help our children, we need to choose to live on mission with God. We need to choose to prioritize and value the mission of God that we've been called to and commissioned to accomplish, to go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and teaching people to do what? To just learn about God's commands? To obey every command. And a lot of times in our culture today, we're not teaching our kids to obey We're teaching them, do whatever you want. It's going to turn out okay in time. We need to teach our kids. That that includes some discipline. That includes some boundaries. That includes some tough conversations. That includes some sacrifice. That includes some delayed satisfaction and gratification for our children. Even though we want our children to have everything. But we all know that everything is not always the best thing. Because everything is nothing if we don't have Jesus. And we need to understand that while we desire to live on mission with God, that we are in a spiritual battle. And the spiritual battle affects every area of this natural world. Do you know that, dear friends, brothers and sisters, we are in a spiritual battle? And so it is not just a matter of what activity Should I sign my kids up for? What kind of grades are my children getting? How much money are they going to make when they graduate and get a job? How can I ensure their financial future? It is not, that is not, and should not be our main priority. Our main priority must be, and this is a matter of life and death eternal, that we teach our kids about Jesus. That we teach our kids to know and to obey and to love God. It's a battle for our minds and our hearts. It's a battle for our souls. And we have a strong enemy. But he's not the strongest. Jesus is already, is already victorious over sin and death. Over Satan. Look at Matthew chapter 5 verse 11. Blessed are you when people insult you. Well, sorry. Uh, Right? Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. That's Ephesians six twelve. Look at Matthew five eleven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me, Jesus says. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. As we seek to follow Jesus, students, young people, as we desire to follow Jesus and as we actually follow Jesus, you will encounter hardship. You will encounter persecution. You will suffer. And you're like, great, Pastor Steve, that's so encouraging. I really want to follow Jesus now. He's worth it. There is no satisfaction to be found in this world, friends. Our bodies will pass away. Our loved loved ones will die. And I'm not just saying this to be emotional. That's the reality. But what is eternal is our soul. What God created us for was eternity. We need to teach and help another, develop a firm foundation in Jesus Christ. You see, people will disagree with us, they'll discriminate against us, they'll devalue us, they'll degrade us for following Jesus, and I want you to know that's to be expected. So how do we battle against all these competing voices in our lives? How do we prioritize and ponder and practice and, 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 and well, Sorry, how do we battle against these competing voices and messages in our world, in our broken world? We need to prioritize, ponder, practice, pinpoint, fo- have a pinpoint focus on the voice of God, on the person of God, on God's Word. And yes, that was a lot of P's, but please persevere and keep going. His Word, His truth, His will, His way, God's way. And when you see and hear what God is telling you, we need to understand that there's always a choice to be made and there's always a cost to pay. But the question is the same Will I trust and obey you, God? It might cost you popularity, dear friends. You might not be the most popular person if you choose to follow Jesus, you may not be promoted, you may not get as many invitations to parties. It may cost you your job. You might be able to, you might have to say one day, you know what, I cannot work on that day because that day is for the Lord and to gather together to worship with my brothers and sisters in Christ. I hear that excuse more and more today. And I'm not saying if you don't come to church on Sunday that you're not saved of your sin. But what I'm saying is that I hear more and more, Pastor Steve, I can't serve. I can't show up because I have to work. Do you not think that God has prepared and planned for you to work and to to provide for you? I believe he has. And he's also called you to worship him with everything. He's also called you to obey his commands. It might cost you more than that. It might might cost you your life to follow Jesus someday. Now, we don't know everything that's going to happen in this life, but we know where we're going to end up when we put our faith in Jesus, don't we? And we have to believe, right? The only way that you're going to follow Jesus is if you believe that he's worth it. And if I want you to, to know today, dear friends, if you don't believe that Jesus is worth it today, I'm not condemning you. I want to do my best to share with you and tell you my experience and how God has been working in my life so that you might come to know him too and see and come to that conclusion yourself that he is worth following and giving everything for. But if you're not there yet, I'm not here to condemn you. I invite you to hear more. The third thing, the third thing that we need to grow in, in, in building a faith, a firm foundation in faith, is we need to intentionally grow to maturity in Jesus Christ. What does that mean to be intentional about how you grow? in the likeness of Jesus Christ. What does it mean to grow in your relationship with God? It means to make plans and to prioritize and to incorporate habits in your life and disciplines that help you to know him and love him and follow him. And that must include prayer and the study of his word. It must include worship. It must include fellowship. And really what I'm talking about is discipleship. Growing to be more like Jesus. And in order to grow and stay healthy in our faith and in our relationship with God, we need to train. Someone was making fun of me because I don't work out earlier yesterday. I won't say who it was. But see, right? We're in a spiritual battle. And what kind of army would we have if nobody is trained and prepared? I thank God for the United States and our military, and those that have served, those that have given their lives, and those that are currently served today, and those that have served, and have retired from their service, I thank you all. And I am so thankful because we have the greatest military and army and force in the world because they are trained and equipped. How should it be for God's kingdom and God's people? Yes, we have a different kind of training because we're not training to to fight and protect physically, we're fighting for souls, and our weapon is the Word of God. We see in God's kingdom, are we sending out students and kids that are unprepared to face the battle that we're in That's right now. or are we training up a generation that is fully equipped with the Word of God, well-equipped? to face any battle and challenge that comes their way. And we can say that we're doing it, but then I challenge you, how specifically are you doing it? We can't put blinders on. We can't just close our eyes and say, oh, Pastor Steve and the children's ministry are going to take care of our kids. They're going to teach them. Yes, we will do our best, but you are required. We can't leave it up to somebody else. If they don't get God, somebody else is going to get him. See, we need to train our kids to know the core teachings of God through his word. We need to teach them those core teachings of the faith. right? All scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking and correcting and training in righteousness so that a servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Right? As our world continues to reject the word of God, we as the church need to teach it and proclaim the word of God even more because our children are being bombarded with lies and garbage. We can't just pick and choose what we want. We need to know and trust and obey all of God's word, guys. Look at Second Timothy chapter four, verse three through four. They're just picking and choosing, and well, I mean, there, there's people. This has been a problem all throughout time. But look at Second Timothy verses chapter four, verse three through four. For the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. Hmm, does that sound like our world today? I see this in our school system today. I see this in how we, people, are trying to redefine what God has already defined. And no, this is not bashing of any people. This is a statement of the reality of our broken world, and how desperately we need Jesus. And as a church, we need to stand up for the truth. We need to get crystal clear on, on what we believe and crystal clear on God's word and what he says. We must know it and live it, right? And we need to be able to think critically and ask questions and answer questions. And you, you know the verse from 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15. But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord and always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you and give a reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. Do it with love and with grace. But we need to be ready. It says be ready. God says be ready to give an answer for the hope that you have. Be ready to share Jesus. Be ready to share God's word with a world that needs Jesus. If we don't teach our kids to know, love, and follow God, then they will not know, love, and follow God. And it's not some equation that leads to a guarantee. But we must do our best. Dear brother and sister, and some of us might be sitting here and say, Pastor Steve, I already know all of this. I know I'm supposed to teach God word. I know, and I do stand up for truth. Well, I ask you, don't give up and keep going. And then I would encourage you, who is it that you are really intentionally, directly investing in today? And if you cannot name one person, then I encourage you, make that part of your prayer in response to this message. God, show me one person that I can walk alongside to help them to grow, to know you, love you, and follow you. And we need to learn to listen to the Holy Spirit. John 16, 13, But when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you in all the truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. The Holy Spirit of God is in all believers, indwells all believers. And therefore, brothers and sisters, students, know this. When you put your faith in Jesus Christ, know that God is in you, that God is changing you from the inside out, that God gives you everything you have in Jesus Christ, everything you need to do exactly what he has planned and called you to do today. Don't wait until you go to college. Don't wait until you graduate from college. Don't wait until you get your job. Don't wait till you have your retirement fully established Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day that God planned for you to love him, know him, and serve him. And again, Pastor Steve, I'm already doing that. Then I challenge you, how is it specifically and intentionally that you are loving and knowing, growing to know him and serving him today? And it cannot stop that I'm taking care of my family. Pastor Steve, I'm serving the Lord by taking care of my family. I'll say, praise the Lord. But there's more that God is calling you to do. Last point. Now I'm just going to invite Larry to come up. And children can come in if they're there. I I tried to remind them earlier. Just come in. Don't wait for me. Because they need to hear this too. I think they left. Ah. (laughs) last point that i want to encourage you with if we want to build a a foundation of faith a firm foundation of faith in jesus christ we need to grow as followers of jesus that move forward in faith in obedience and in love first john chapter 4 verse 7 and 8 dear friends let us love one another for love comes from god everyone who loves has been born of god and knows god whoever Does not love, does not know God, because God is love. Dear children, this is God's word for you as you walk in here. Know this. John chapter 13, verse 35. When Jesus was going to go and depart from his disciples, he gave them a new command. He said, a new command I give to you. Love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. You see, all the knowledge and biblical information in all the Bible, dear brothers and sisters, yes, all the biblical knowledge in the world is useless if you don't live it out and if you don't live it out in love. I see people all around that know more than me about the Bible, and yet I can barely sit through a conversation with them. Because it sounds like they're talking down to me all the time. Without love, it's useless. You see, why did Jesus die on the cross? What does it say in John 3.16? For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. The only way that we can obey this command to love one another like Jesus loves us is if we have God in us. And how do we get God in us? By grace, through faith, by trusting Jesus as our Lord and Savior. You will never be able to love dear friend like Jesus unless Jesus is in you. And see... Did you know that Jesus never said that you, you have to like everyone in the church? Did you know that? He never said that you got to like everyone in the church. Some of you are like, yeah, Pastor Steve, thank you. That's why I don't like you. You're right. I'll say you're right. Jesus never said that you have to like me. He commands you to love me. He commands me to love you. And he says it's possible Pastor Steve, someone that struggles with love as much as you do You can love your brothers and sisters because I am in you It's not about personalities It's not about how you were born and the challenges that you've been born with God commands you to love and me to love and he gives us everything we need to love and to do all the things that he's commanded us to do So let's stop making the excuses of the world and let's stand firm upon his truth and make it a priority. And say, well, you didn't wire me to love. I'm just—I'm not a lovey person. That's not true. It may be more difficult. But if God planned for you to do it and commands you to do it, He's going to make a way. John, First John chapter 3, verse 16. I'm going to end with this verse. Anyone who hates his brother or sister is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life residing in him. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. Dear friends, do you have a firm foundation in Jesus? If you don't, if you feel like you've been tossed and turned by every circumstance that you're going through in this life, if you feel like God is distant or you feel like God doesn't love you, or if you're unsure about what God says about you, I encourage you and I want you to take into consideration what I shared with you today and to know that Jesus loves you and he died for you to save you so that you could live today and for the rest of forever with him and accomplish the amazing life and live the amazing life that he planned for you to live. And that's only a reality for those of us who have put our trust in Jesus Christ. And I want you to know, dear friend, that you can do that today and have that assurance if you would just confess right now and just say, Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I know I've messed up like everybody in this room. And Jesus, I know that I need you to save me. And so, Jesus, I want you to be my leader. I want you to be my Lord. I'll confess you as my Lord today. I want to follow you all the way to heaven. Thank you for loving me and dying for me and saving me and if you just confess that right now I want you to know that your sins are forgiven and that Jesus is in you now and he's changed you and given you new life and you can have the hope and assurance of eternal life with him and dear brother and sister this is also a challenge for us as we study these scriptures this morning and talk about this topic there is hope for your family there's hope for our children there's hope for your children that have walked away from God because God's not done yet He can soften their hearts. He can open their eyes. He can help their wounds to heal. Don't give up. Pray for them. Share God's word with them. Love them like Jesus Christ. And trust that God is going to work and do something amazing in them and through them. In His perfect time and in His perfect way. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father God, thank you for your love. Thank you for your grace. God, I thank you for this wonderful day and the fa- and the reality of being able to gather and worship you. God, I pray for my friends. I pray for my brothers and sisters. I pray that each of us would be able to have a firm foundation of faith placed in Jesus Christ alone. And I pray, God, that as a church, we would walk with each other and bear with one another. We would pick each other up and lift each other up in times of need and that we would spur each other on to continue to grow and run the race that you've set before us. God, until we see you face to face, I pray that we would proclaim the goodness of who you are and the goodness of of your son, Jesus Christ, so that all the world may know and be saved, that they may know you as Lord and Savior. God, I pray for your help, and I thank you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Brothers and sisters, would you stand? We're going to sing this song. And I want you to know, we always give an opportunity here for you to respond to God. And if God is leading you to take some next step, maybe that's the tr- you've trusted Him for the very first time as your Lord today, and you confessed Him as I shared before, I encourage you to, while we sing this song, come up and share with me so that I can pray for you. Brothers and sisters, if, if God is leading you to take a next step in any other way, Maybe it's to confess a sin. Maybe it's to repent and turn back to Him. Maybe it's to start a new habit or a new discipline in your life. Maybe it's to talk to your children. Maybe it's to forgive someone and open up the lines of communication again. I pray that as we sing, as God lays it on your heart, that you would come. And if you just want to pray here on the steps and talk to God, I encourage you to do so. If you want to share it with me so that I can pray for you, I encourage you to come as we sing. by today's message be sure to follow us on spotify and hit subscribe on apple podcasts or wherever you stream your podcast to listen to other sermons and watch our live gatherings visit us online at nwcbc.org we look forward to see the difference god will make in your life thank you for listening to northwest chinese baptist church podcast